Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, leavers and believers. Welcome back to part two of The Money Trail on Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya and I am so happy that you have decided to join us and uh, be a part of this conversation. It's a full-on part two today. I want to do a quick shout out to Sweden. I've had so many beautiful messages from the Swedish people and so I want to say thank you and thank you to Lynette for reasons that she knows and thank you all for your ongoing support. America, we've had a little rearrangement. So we've got California at number one for April and then Texas, Tennessee, Colorado and New York has made it into the top five. Thank you so much for your support, you guys. Now, you already heard in part one about how Carl Lentz's father was really instrumental in setting up the companies that have made Hillsong so prolific and so untouchable. Barry Bowen from the Trinity Foundation talked about revenue disclosure or lack thereof, and we got up to where the wealth lies in properties. So today we're going to talk about how the Pope, as Barry describes him, Brian Houston, set up his boards. We're going to look at all kinds of board structures that help prop up these organisations and interlocking boards going to talk about copyrights, revenue streams, music streams, various income streams, property searches, you name it, and a little chat about merchandise. So grab your Form 990 and here's part two of The Money Trail with Barry Bowen. Yes, it's very deliberate that they've chosen limited liability companies. Stephen Lentz, Carl Lentz's father, he wrote a book. The Business of Church. Oh, wow. And in that book, he described why people should, a, a pastor should use a limited liability company for his church. One of the most popular methods of using these companies is as 
property holding companies. Uh huh. Okay. So in Arizona, in the United States, there was a church, Hillsong Phoenix, and the property of the church was owned by PHX Property Holdings LLC. Okay. So the church is one limited liability company, and the property is another. So if you sued the church, you can't take the property away. Wow. Okay. So because they can then set up these companies, do what they like, and they know what, that there's no real long-term consequence. Well, there can be long-term consequences, but by limiting the liability, they'll lose less money. That's the financial advantage. But the big problem is when you set up these limited liability companies, you're actually reducing accountability. And some of these people don't want the accountability. They operate the church as their piggy bank. It's their kingdom. The names of God and other denominations, religious organizations use sometimes reversion clauses. So when a church joins the denomination, so a church would join the Assemblies of God, there's a reversion clause that if they decide to leave the denomination, the property stays with the Assemblies of God. So oh, if you yeah. can find old articles of incorporation for some of the Assembly of God churches, you'll find those that kind of language. Lent Senior set this up in Hillsong in 2010, you're saying? Well, the, I mean, the church was set up as a limited liability company, and there is so little information there. It's not transparent. It's like, typically, a nonprofit is not owned by anyone. Okay. It's not supposed to be anyway. <laughs> But in reality, sometimes they operate like they are. Who do boards answer to? Do they actually answer to the elders? And if there aren't any now, what? And That has happened a lot in televangelist churches across America. Perfect example is Benny Hinn. Years ago, his, he had a church in Florida, and it, originally it was an Assemblies of God church. He left the denomination. At one time, the members had a say in how the money was spent. He changed it so that the board made all decisions. You look at other um, churches that have done this. Ed Young's Jr., his church left the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, and his church, they placed the primary decision-making to the board as well. It's a common practice in the U.S., unfortunately. But there are a number of different church governance models. Um, There's one model that's called a corporation soul and Mm -hmm. and a corporation soul, the the organization has only one member. (laughs) So you could technically a pastor would have a church and he's the only member. He has makes all decisions. Well, from my understanding, that's what Brian kind of (laughs) did with with his global board in the end. And And he was chairman of the board that he answers to. Well, the way I look at Brian Houston was that he was the, Pope of Hillsong. Yeah, totally. I I say that because he was recognized as the primary spiritual leader of the organization. He was was the global pastor of Hillsong. Generally, you don't see that in other Protestant denominations. He has a board. And one of the problems that occurs in some of these boards is that they're far away from the churches they're providing oversight to. 
So how can they provide proper o- oversight and they don't even know most of the members, don't even interact with them? Hear about the problems in the local church. I mean, I could just argue that because we see board members uh, come and go around the world in Hillsong. Someone might just pop up in London to help make a decision and then, you know, resign and go back to their country of origin. I mean, is it unreasonable to expect board members to be local given that people are travelling more and working from home and using internet and that kind of thing? In in some churches, and I'm not saying this is Hillsong, but in in some churches they have what's called interlocking boards. And so a pastor will invite another pastor friend to be on his board. You be on my board, I'll be on yours. So these are called interlocking boards. And Will they really offer oversight to the other pastor? There are reasons you want to have the right people on your board of directors. You want people that'll ask tough questions. You're going to want people that want to have a deep understanding of the organization. You're going to want people that have high moral standards. For some organizations, This is often in in business organizations. You want people on the board of a corporation that can help with creating business ties to other organizations. And sometimes in a nonprofit, it's a networking role. They have lots of contacts. So we want to use their contacts to help grow our organization. So you'll see a person put on a board for that reason. Board members at these not-for-profits and LLCs being paid director's fees to do this? I would assume they are. In the United States, churches are exempt from filing what's called a Form 990. Other nonprofits have to file this form, but not churches, not synagogues, not mosques. On a Form 990, it discloses total revenue, total expenses, There's a breakdown of revenue page, and it'll show if the money's coming in as donations, if it's certain fundraising, if it's government grants. There's a statement of expenses page, and it'll report how much is being paid to board members. It'll include travel expenses. So the ministry or church owned a jet, those expenses would be on there. Legal expenses, if you're paying attorneys for a lot of lawsuits or defending yourselves, that would show up on there as well. But Hillsong in the United States is not required to file these documents. So we don't have a good idea of where the money's going. The one thing we can really track is property. We can do property searches, and if we know the names of all the companies and we're able to find them all, then we can put together an idea of what Hillsong's physical property is in the United States. Hillsong has other property. They have intellectual property, and that would be their music, their copyright publishing. Then there is other assets that we don't know about, and this would also be reported on a 990 investment income. So For example, Hillsong could have hundreds of millions of dollars in investment, but we don't know they don't disclose it if they do. A a business associate of mine said to me the other day, Brian Houston is ferociously wealthy. And, you know, when I I thought about that and he comes across as just this average guy and we know it's all an act and it's a very successful act, 
But, you know, his background isn't in finance either. So he would have had to have some, you know, really good advisors and, and financial investors. And so I started wondering, like, wow, this must be just way more extensive than we've even considered. What, what are you finding? Well, you look at his board of directors, global board. <laughs> <laughs> that answers your question right well, there. How um, so? Sorry. I mean, doesn't everybody have their son on the board of the director <laughs> of their global board? I mean, not always. What, how does that relate? Sorry. Like, how does the board of, how does that show me anything? I'm not good at pronouncing certain people's names, but um, oh, um, song Agajanian. And Hillsong has another person that oversees their property, global properties. Hillsong has got a lot of business experience. They tapped into knowledgeable people that have run successful businesses to run their global operations like a business. There's a Bible verse in 2 Peter 2 verse 3. When you read that verse in the King James Version of the Bible, it says about false teachers that they will make merchandise of you. It's the, the concept here is that they're turning the church into a marketplace, a business. Jesus throwing out the money changers in the temple. Well, what was going on when Jesus did that was that people would go to the temple to offer sacrifices. Well, some of these people were from out of town. They, they couldn't bring an animal to be sacrificed with them, so they would buy one at the temple. Okay. And so the temple had become a marketplace. And Jesus was rebelling against that when he threw them out. Would Jesus throw Brian Houston out of the church for his prosperity gospel? I think he would. It's really evolved into something so grotesque. I think, you know, that's, that's pretty clear at this point for people, especially when, you know, a lot of people don't have that to give. So where does Hillsong have property around the U.S.? And I wonder how much we don't know about. Hillsong has, I think, three condos in New York City. That's nice. I think they're in Manhattan. I was not able to determine how much they're worth. Hillsong rents theaters often for their church meets Mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily own a property in some of these large cities so that that also is throws can throw people off because you're originally you're thinking oh they have a church building well they just rent a theater for okay sunday the most property identified was in arizona and this was in maricopa county arizona for people that live in australia the United States, the country, is got states that's equivalent of, a, I think, a province in Australia. Oh, we have uh, states. Yeah, yeah, we got states. We all have states? Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what they're called there. Okay, so in, in the United States, we have states, and then the states are broken down into what are called counties. And Maricopa County is where the cities Phoenix and Mesa are located. Hillsong has churches in these two cities, or did, mm-hmm. and... They had a university there, Hillsong College. And I looked in the county property assessor website to search. I discovered 31 property listings. And from what I learned today, a large number of these property listings are small tracts of land. Okay. And what happened is they needed multiple tracts of land to build the large buildings. 
They needed multiple tracts of land for the parking lots. So when you say 31 properties, that maybe is overstating it. I mean, it's technically true, but they have some vacant lots as well. So maybe they had land for further expansion, but you've got Mm -hmm. millions of dollars worth of property there in, in Arizona. Another place where I found property was in California. Newport Beach, it's a small community city, not that far from Los Angeles. And it's where the wealthy of the wealthy in California live. It's one of their wealthy communities. And there is a home there that is registered to a company. I think it's HC Property Holdings, LLC. HC would be Hillsong Church. I searched and discovered, I think it was over 10 companies or nonprofits, LLCs registered to that address. One of the managers is an attorney, Jeffrey Coombs. He works or years ago worked for in the same law firm as Stephen Lentz. Yeah, we're connecting the dots. <laughs> yeah, back to the beginning. That's okay. okay. Yes. So this house, this house in Newport Beach, California. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Worth over three and a half million dollars. It's a house with 12 companies registered to it. It's, I'm sure it's over 10. Do we, I mean, we can't find out who or what lives there, I guess. That's the thing. No one lives there. You know, it's possible that if Brian Houston were to visit California, he would stay there. I really don't know. Right, right. With uh, 12 businesses. I, don't, I wonder where he fits his bed. I'm sure social media will help us eventually. Hillsong created their, their own TV channel. They, they part, actually partnership with TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, which is the largest religious TV network in the world. And in the United States, they were on a number of cable systems. And because of the scandals, they're no, and I guess drop off in donations or whatever, they're no longer have a channel through TBN in the United States. They do have an online presence. You can watch the Hillsong channel online, but... It looks like they may have had a studio in California. Again, you're not that far from Hollywood where uh, a lot of movies are made. Right. Also, Hillsong markets themselves to celebrities. And a number of celebrities live in California. That gave them access to them. 
So that's, I mean, that sounds like it's ongoing then. It sounds like, you know, there's so much more going on. So not everybody knew that what Terry Crist is running Vegas as well as Phoenix and that Hillsong Phoenix is registered in Texas and Arizona. Um, That is one of those weird things. Laura Lang is the attorney, if I recall correctly, that registered one of those limited liability companies. She works in a law firm, Brewer, Lang, and Veach. Brewer, that is Dennis Brewer, and Junior. His dad, Dennis Sr., died, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, But Dennis Sr., Brewer Sr., he represented a bunch of televangelists. In fact, both do have. Laura Lang, I think she represents other religious clients as well. When you're a a mega church or religious media organization and you need a specialized legal advice, this is one of the law firms that you would go to. And they have done work for Hillsong. And Texas is a state that does not have a state income tax. Some of the other states have income taxes. I don't know if sometimes they register in Texas to avoid taxes. Maybe it's a possibility. I really don't know. I just, I mean, I just wonder how many other kind of anomalies they have there because, I mean, he's listed as the president of Hillsong Church there. So it looks like he hasn't moved. He's resigned as global pastor but he hasn't actually resigned from heels. What happens is sometimes a board will make a board change. Person leaves the board, but they do not file the proper paperwork notifying the state of the change. So sometimes the records online are not current. Okay. Yeah, that could be a thing. Um, Typically in a company, they will have what's called a registered agent. A registered agent That is a contact person. For example, the government must contact somebody because of litigation, a lawsuit, or investigation, things like that. They would contact the registered agent. Often it's an attorney for the organization. Not always. It can be an accountant. It can be an employee of the organization. Okay. And I think Laura Lang was a registered agent for one of these, or maybe more than one. Uh, of the organizations how did hillsong become such a dominant brand and so wealthy when there are so many other competitors in that market one of their big successes was their worship music a lot of people don't know this but churches pay various companies to sing songs there are performance rights there's copyright Uh, There's all kinds of different rights, and there are companies that manage these rights. There's church music licensing companies. So Hillsong's music is sung in thousands of churches. Well, they get money through the licensing of those songs. Hillsong music, well, also the, the songs play on Christian radio, and the radio stations and streaming platforms pay royalties, and that adds up as well. Yes. Um, Hillsong, one of their LLCs, one of their limited liability companies is Hillsong Events. And I'm not sure the purpose of that, but I would assume (laughs) that they would be selling tickets for Hillsong concerts. There's, I think, a Hillsong LLC, Hillsong Music. 
there was Hillsong Television, for example. Some of those are registered in, in California. So, but, I mean, music isn't just record sales anymore and radio plays. Hey, there's, it's a right. big income stream. Hillsong, their worship teams would go on concert tours. And, uh, they would sell various products. Hillsong shirts, for example. Merch. Um, merchandise. merchandise. But in that book I mentioned earlier, The Business of Church, Stephen Lentz describes copyright. For example, when a pastor preaches a sermon, when I was growing up in, in the church that I grew up in, if a person wanted to get a recording of the sermon, they'd just pay the church maybe $2 and then get a cassette tape yeah. of the sermon. And the money went back to the church. They weren't really trying to make money off of it. They just weren't covering their expense for the cassette or CD. But for a lot of preachers now, they want to make money from that. And they want that to be their intellectual property, the churches. And so in his book, he describes how a pastor can own the copyright of their sermon. It's their intellectual property. And then they license it to the church. Wow. So I mean, because they all copy each other's material anyway. So I wonder where that originates. Uh <laughs> I, I've seen on um, several websites where it says that Hillsong has sold over 20 million albums. If, if, if you made a profit of $2 per album, that's $40 million. Uh-huh. We had not even taken into account the concert tours and the licensing revenue. Hillsong has conferences, and I'm sure those conferences attract a, a lot of money. I wonder what the potential for the growth is now with streaming services as well. And I got sent this morning, Joel Houston has signed with an app to do bedtime stories or it's called Glorify. <laughs> I think it's a Christian app. Tell you a bedtime story or something because what, there's not enough money? What it's Music events what kind of a hit do you think they'll take now that tbn has dropped them donations their tv channel also maybe there were people i never watched hillsong channel but maybe some preachers were paying for airtime to be on the channel that i don't know that's how tbn makes a lot of money by the way okay they pay them to okay I'm assuming there was a revenue sharing agreement between TBN and Hillsong when Hillsong had Hillsong Channel. Before Hillsong Channel, it was Church Channel and TBN programmed it. What happened is Hillsong, they appeal to a younger demographic. Mm -hmm. They really do appeal to people in their teens and 20s, 30s. And this is a coveted demographic. Generally, religious broadcasting appeals to an older demographic. And TBN knows that. And so this was a way of broadening their appeal. Australian Channel 10 has stopped airing Hillsong TV. And I naively assumed that they were kind of, you know, that it was the network that was saying, we don't want these people anymore. But it turns out Hillsong requested, which now that you're saying this sounds like Hillsong won't be paying that money to them anymore. The religious world took a big hit a lot of organizations because of COVID. When COVID oh, yeah. happened, you had fewer people tending, and especially had a role in Australia. Y'all had very strong lockdowns. But in the United States, I mean, there were some cities a lot more locked down than others. 
the, the church I attend, it for a number of months, I did church by Zoom. <laughs> Not actually Zoom app, but uh-huh. um, it was streamed online yeah. on their website. So attendance was really dropped. I mean, for a number of weeks, it would just be the worship team and the pastor. A, a couple of weeks, it was just broadcast from his home. But by doing that, people not attending, a lot of people don't give in person mm. financially. So in, in the church world, and because of the way the internet is going, a lot of churches are encouraging their members to give online. There are apps or websites where you can set for recurring donation. Yeah, so it'll, yeah. it can, you can give a donation once a month without even thinking about it anymore. Years ago, it was popular for churches to have church envelopes. You'd put the money in an envelope and then yeah. put it in the offering plate. And you could check mark things on the envelope. You could check mark the building fund or missions if you wanted to go to missions or maybe general fund, whatever expenses. If the money doesn't go for the purpose that's specified, that can be fraud. On an envelope where you mark it's for missions and it doesn't go to missions, that can be fraud. Oh, wow. This stuff is just so, so good. And there's still another episode to go. So we're going to talk more about fraud tomorrow. And yeah, what Barry would do in case of the ultimate emergency. And uh, it gets kind of real. So let's talk tomorrow. Keep leaving heels on. Bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.